Welcome everyone to another week with your hosts Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. What a schuss to be able to do this mental health segment. We always have three little requests. Number one is to be aware that this is a family program. It means we've got children ages eight and above listening, so please make sure that your question is appropriate for that age to be listening. Second request is that this is a awareness-based program. So when people ask questions, how do you do this? How do you get out of that? With it not able to do that. So therefore, as well as questions under the age of eight, we don't address. And the third part is, please be aware that once you ask your question, we're not able to remove your, your to remove it. So please consider before you call up. And as always, we look forward to getting your questions and your callers. So please feel free to call up. We want to create the awareness, mental health awareness. The number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Rav Nissa, what is the text number? 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. Yep, and we look forward to getting a questions or questions or comments, whichever you would like, accepted, welcomed, and really looking forward to. As well as I would like to share that an interesting concept that is going on, and that is about finding our inner strength, our inner peace. There are many times where parents are calling up almost in a panic, almost very disappointed and going, what do I do? I'm having issues with my children, but not like parents have issues with children, but your kids do not want to go to school. They're not going to school or adults. Or I've got a 25-year-old kid or even a 30-year-old kid that's home, and I'm using the word kid when they're adults, and they're not doing anything. They're not growing. They're not working. They're blaming us. They're still taking money. They're upset at us for different stuff that we're doing. I'd like to help continue to create the awareness because I've been getting a lot of those. Our office has been getting many of those callers. And I'd like to share with you, or this, and we'll discuss it together, the concept. It's unfortunately a, it's a simple concept, but unfortunately many parents don't get it. And maybe we can change the dance with this information, just sharing it again. Let's get the concept. If there is a... 20-year-old kid, 15-year-old teenager, 30-year-old adult kid in your house, and you're going through the battles back and forth, go to yeshiva, go to school. They are going, they're not going. They go a couple days, they're not going. Find a job, get a job, and you're the dance back and forth. You are not the problem. We're not blaming you. Possibly you might be, but that's a separate issue. Here we're talking about when you're for sure not the issue. You're a healthy, wonderful parent. However, your child is not living up to the roles and the behaviors that they're supposed to be doing, and they're living in your house, you are part of the dance. That means you giving them everything that they want, not having natural consequences to what they're doing, means you're part of the process. And therefore, let me share with you the answer that we spend so much time with so many parents. And that goes as follows. You, the parent, go for therapy. Now the parent always goes, oh, so I should go for therapy. How do I get my kid out of the house? Or how do I get my kid to go to work? No, that's not what I'm talking about. Just want to share the number again to dial in to call with your question or comment. is 
347-927-5858, as well as a text to send your messages, 347-927-8398. Now, let's go ahead and understand what happens in therapy. If your therapy session is my kid doesn't want to go for, doesn't want to get up in the morning, what do I do? Whatever you're going to do, whatever the therapist is going to recommend, might work short term, but then it's going to fall back. The reason is because we need you as a teacher, we need you as the principal, we need you as the parent in the parental role, in the authority position where it's clear that either this kid will go, this kid will be productive, this kid will be going to therapy, this kid will be going to a doctor. There could be a physical medical condition, there could be an, an, an emotional condition. Either way, they got to go for help. But when you change, the situation changes. Rav Nissen, can we discuss this? Because where, most places that I go, people stop me, I need to ask you something private. And when I go, okay, it was almost always the same thing. Either my husband and my or my wife has an issue, they don't want to go for therapy, or if I have a child, either a teenage or an adult child still living in the house between their 20 and 35, they're not productive, they're getting up late, they fool themselves that they're doing some business, like they're doing something online, so they make $100 a year, but they say, I'm working. Reminiscent, how do we create or continue creating this awareness that parents when they change it will have an effect uh, I, I would say this first of all I would say this is very sad to reach a point that uh, in the 20 and 30 just discovered that your son is or your daughter just uh, acting like a bum I'm sorry to use the language but this uh, like uh, not protective and nothing you know just nothing to do and doesn't care about the environment around it it's something very, very, I would say the parents has to, to, to look at the mirror very, very strong and try to, to uh, recognize that something wrong here. I had a case, I tell you, that I don't want to, to you know, I, I would say that I had a case of a person, he was 35 years old. 35 years old. Yeah. Imagine yourself, the parents already were about the 60, uh, and more than 60 where they were, and... The guy was sitting in bed all day, unfortunately naked, you know, don't mm -hmm. go, not, not going even to the bathrooms. Yeah. And just that the parents were slaves to, 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 to this creature, unfortunately. And uh, whatever the Rabbanim and everybody tried to convince them to take him to, to a therapy, uh, they, couldn't, they couldn't do it. Yeah. And the, what happened at the end? And and the end, they, they basically hospitalized him, you know. Yes, and that's what the person might need. Yeah. But again, let's understand, parents. The longer you wait, and the less, let's put it this way: the longer you're afraid to tackle the issue, the situation gets worse. Then the method of treatment has to be more severe, more extreme, just like any other medical condition. So when you're going for therapy, it's not going to be I can't get my son or my daughter out of the room or out of the house. It's I tried to get my kid out of the house, but if they yell, I get afraid of that. Notice it's your fear. And the therapist will then be asking you, where are other places that you should be assertive and you're not? So it's not just about your son or your daughter. It's about what do you need to grow, and that's the focus 
that the therapy happens. Where else? And we might even do it with some friends. We might do several sessions on just your friends where you can't be as assertive as you want to be, where you can't say no as you want to be, where you feel guilty when you say no. Each of these issues will then help you clear up your emotions, get stronger, get assertive, be safe, be strong, be comfortable if someone's disappointed with you, but it's the right things to do. That's called leadership. And then with Siat Deshmaya, there are major shifts happening. I will just share with you one story and, of course, keep the information confidential. But we had one of, that, one of the probably the oldest clients in the center. Let's say the person was older than, let's just say minimum older than 70. But they had a child similar to this, an adult child that was in their house that was on and off, let's say married, not married, back and forth. And we worked on this parent. They heard us speak. They heard me speak somewhere, and they came. Within nine months of this older parent coming in and facing their issues, this kid, I don't want to call it kid, this adult had a stable job, was out of the house every single day. Wow. Yes. Yeah, this is this is something that uh, definitely I would say this I highly recommend to 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 look and that you cannot say the raise your hand you know sometimes the parents most of them parents also scared about from the kid the kid is yelling and screaming and yeah, yeah it's, that's exactly what the parents need to work on so I want to let's let's clarify this these children that have a disorder will manipulate you they will throw they will throw guilt and the minute that doesn't work they will probably even blame you means publicly they might go over to some of your aunts uncles cousins brothers sisters and say do you know how mean my parents are and you got to be comfortable to say everyone thank you for your opinion but right now i'm the parent and this is this are the steps that we need to do and once that happens things start shifting Again, to share with everyone, the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and to text, it's 347-927-8398, So, uh, Mordechai, like, yeah. let's, let's start a little bit from the beginning of this, you know, awareness of, of young parents. Not the, uh, you know, all the parents that the steps of uh, it's a small parent to the workshop. Yeah. Okay, but we could still discuss a step yes. or two. Yeah, yes, definitely. No, but the, I would yeah. say do it briefly. The the, the the younger age, and then we go to the, the uh, to the older, the steps three or four. So the main focus that we have is, and again, this is about inner power. Now, it's like we're not giving you actual steps and tools and everything. We're creating the awareness of what the parent needs to be. And that concept is that you need to feel confident within yourself to actually be a leader. That means you're allowed to say yes, you're allowed to say no, you're allowed to say, I started something and then change your mind. I know many times people say, parents, you're not allowed to change your mind. Everyone changes their mind. The point is that you're not changing your mind 90% of the time. You're doing it 30% or something along those lines. But you have an idea. You're comfortable being a leader. 
and you're comfortable taking a position, and you're comfortable if someone else agrees or disagrees. And another important point is you're comfortable taking the child's needs into account. It means what does this kid need, not what does society say this kid needs. Or will I be embarrassed if society sees that I'm doing this or I'm giving something to this child? It's about giving this person what they need. Uh, let me add something that uh, as, as a parents, I would say that you have to be very solid and understand, you know, that the kids need it. And kids will be rebel, try to rebel, but you know, they need to see this is the parents are strong and decisive. It's not I something that... I a great that... line from a, I was reading a book of a certain, let's say, general in the army writing about leadership. And he says, the more confident the sergeant is of the new recruits when they're training them in, the more they will behave. So he says you need power to be less aggressive. It's an interesting concept. When you're an authority person, the cadets will do less trouble, will follow quicker. So if you're, more, if you're an authority person or, or a leader, they will be less, you'll be using less aggression. And when you're less of a leader, you'll unfortunately need to use more aggression because now when they don't listen, now you're going to have to punish them. And the same concept is with parents. And with teachers. With teachers. When we're confident within ourselves, we set the rules, we stick to our rules, then automatically the kids will behave more. They will do their homework. You might, you might have to consequence one or two people. But on the other hand, what will happen is the rest of the class will follow. But if you're too loose on one or two, then unfortunately you're going to be needing to consequence and punishing so many more. So can we recognize the concept? Okay. Yes, so let us go to Mrs. H. Yeah, Mrs. Hello, Mrs. H. You're on with Mordechai and Harab Nissen. Hey, I'm just wondering, what makes a bully and what makes a victim? Why is one child a victim? Can we first recognize that it's probably we can talk about 30 hours on that. So it's like a what makes it, that's very complicated. We can discuss several factors to each of them. All right? Okay, fine. So let's start with the classical case. Can we start with the victim because that's what my child is? Say that again? Can we start with the victim? Sure. The victim can be many different situations. Can be, number one, that this is a wonderful, sweet kid in a class where... Three of the kids just come from very difficult households where their parents use aggression, where there's older siblings and they make fun and they ridicule others. And these two, three kids happens to be, they're that age, they're in the same class, and they could now pick on different children. So that's scenario number one. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with your son can be a wonderful, sweet kid. Three kids or two kids with issues, they're in the same class, they've got bigger issues, and now they're picking on your son. We'll get to in a minute why. That's step one. Step two in that is why they might pick on your kid could be one of the several reasons. One of the reasons can be that your son is is a leader and they feel threatened by him. So therefore, they will pick on someone that they feel threatened by. 
That's one option. Another option is your son could be very weak, and therefore they also they most likely pick on people that are weaker than them that they could feel secure and this boosts their self-esteem or their ego. It doesn't really boost their real self-esteem, but it boosts their ego. Okay. Number three could be that they picked on many children, and when they picked on your son, he might have responded or they got the response that they wanted. Either, again, he was strong, so they're fighting. Oh, now they got higher that they could fight with. Other mm -hmm. kids just give in. Or the other way around, he could give in, and he's someone that doesn't pose any threat at all. Okay. Now let's go to another component about these kids. These kids could even be very, very nice kids. And now let's say your son, for example, might have a social issue, might do something funny, might do something a little bit different. And therefore, they are kids which don't come from difficult backgrounds, but there isn't, let's say, a Rebbe or a teacher, since you're saying it's a boy, a Rebbe reinforcing and finding out how our kids participating, playing in class. So we do our teacher's training workshop, our Rebbe teacher's training workshop. A large part of where Chinuch happens is during recess. That is when the kids are interacting and making sure that they're interacting nicely, making sure that everyone is included, making sure that if some kids don't play certain sports, that they're included. And if the Rebbe needs his break at that recess time, then the school's got to help supply. But be aware that at that time during recess, during lunch, during supper times, is when kids get bullied, and it is a very serious, it, it can affect their entire self-esteem and everything along those lines. Right. This, yeah. So it could even be that they're good kids. And again, in the teacher's training, in the Rebbe teacher's training workshop, we discuss how to help the school break the bullying cycle with the teachers and Rebbeim involved. How do I break the cycle? Uh, how to is very difficult to do here and right now. Is it something that I, is there something that I could do to break it? There is a lot that you can do. I don't know if you can do everything, but no. by you getting involved and making sure the principles evolve, making sure that the Rebbe's evolved, you following up, right. making sure they have a protocol, telling them, have you taken a workshop? Now I'm going to say promote my workshop, not because it's me, but promote them to go to any workshop. Right. What training do they have for and for teachers? to take when bullying in general? When was the last time they updated themselves? So I, I actually asked them um, last year, the, this was an ongoing situation last year, and I asked them at the end of the year that, that, they, that both children should not be in the same class. It's actually one child that keeps on starting up with mine. And I asked them that they shouldn't, that perhaps maybe that would help. And Lamaisa, they couldn't, they couldn't accommodate that request. And and they're doing, they're supporting the teacher, and they're doing a lot, but, but then this, today was, um, All right, let me know, just show you two school, little steps so teachers and the principals listening, because we've got a lot of people. Let's see if we can help you out. Steps. I'm just going to say them very quickly, because we happen to have several people now on the line, and I feel that sometimes I do a disservice by actually sharing some information, because then people think, oh, I know everything and then they walk around with that knowledge. So I like giving some information, but not, but still leaving a lot out because it's how you do it. It's working as a team. The Rebbe and needs the principal and needs you involved. All three of you need to be involved. But let's just give right. some olive based information. Step number one is the Rebbe starts getting the boys to interact together. It means he starts giving homework exercises or in yeshiva exercises 
and he starts mixing up the clique because usually a bully does not work alone. They have two or three friends with them. And you want to break up that clique. So usually you'll have, let's say, your son learning with one of those three. And different. And then those learning with other kids. Next thing that you do is we start building up a separate group. Means we, the Rebbe starts making sure there are two other boys that play with your son. Those three sit together lunchtime. Those three now play together. Those three will be learning more together. You start getting a group and start offering you to have those two other boys, let's say, meet your son on Shabbos. And you might have some nash for them to come or healthy nash, however you'd like it. But you start creating a second group within that. The third step is the Rebbe starts speaking to this kid and saying, you know, I see you using certain words or however it is. That's not acceptable in our class. And this is we actually teach how you do speak. You're going to go to every kid every day, or at least four kids. I want to hear how you told the person a compliment. So you're teaching now this kid, this bully, how to be positive. The next step is we're teaching your son. These are very quick because these are all skills. This is an, this is an entire workshop that I'm training, well, we but just giving you the idea. Well, hold it's on, not we'll a get there. Thing, the next step is we train your son. Your son has role play with the Rebbe, how to say no, how to say stop. Plus practicing with his two friends that if the bully goes over to them, they start going, hey, get away, stop it. It's not nice. The minute there's a group of three against that one, the bully, they usually let go. Yeah. These are the olive base beginner steps on how you deal with bullying in a school. I want to say something to Ed about the school has to be zero tolerance to bullying. That's right. This Thank is you number one. For saying that. Let's, that's the olive phase, and I just missed that. There is no, it, bullying is something that affects people for life. They don't believe that they have confidence. They're afraid to speak. I've met someone within the last week that has a severe social phobia. means they're afraid to dump for the almond, afraid to go to big shuls because there was, they were bullied as a kid in class, and then they had to go to Bismedrish. They won something for the Yomit, and that bully made so much fun of them that this person will never dive in front of the Yomit, all because this kid was bullied for a couple of years, and then it even got worse as they got older. Bullying is not acceptable, and it can have very, very severe effects on a child, long-term effects. Yes. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad to be able to give some information, but again, yes. it just gets a little bit harder when it's a how-to, but zero, zero tolerance for that. Many um, of the Mr. ideas you, you, you said um, yes. really require a lot of support, so I guess um, that's what yes. we need, right? That's right. And I would tell you to find out, speak to them, who's someone that helped them or guide them with, with bullying, who's an expert in that, because I would have you speak to them one-on-one. -on -one three, four, five weeks in a row, what tips, what schools, I would ask you to go online, I would ask you to start reading some books about bullying. You're going to see some of the literature, you'll get it. Get educated. You find something okay. that works, introduce it to the principals that remain. They're willing to learn, but you've got to okay. advocate for your child. Right. And That's right. when you advocate for your child, this will change it. There's a beautiful message that I heard. Very, very clear. The reason why the Rabbeinu Shleilam took, if we look at the voice of Rom Yitzhak Yaakov, you look at Meisher Rabbeinu, you're looking at David, you're looking at when the Rabbeinu Shleilam took leaders, and going back in the earlier generations, they were shepherds, because the Rabbeinu Shleilam, the Medrash, each one brings out, when he saw how they were makrav, for that one sheep, when they had an entire herd, 
but they took up each individual, Hashem said, this person could now take care of my clients or my nation because every person is that special. Not saying, oh, I'm a Rebbe of 20 kids or 30 kids, one kid, that's what happens. The ones that are leaders, the ones that are, and that's the role that they're in is every single kid is special, and I need to protect every single kid. But you, Mommy, that's your job now. Get powerful, get strong, get knowledgeable, go to the library, read books, take out three, four books, read it. Find right. out who's a parenting expert, find out who deals with bullying. Get the skills, get the knowledge. Okay, thank Share you so much. That. Get involved. You're a lot yeah. more powerful. Us parents are a lot more powerful than we know. Thank you. You're very welcome. Okay, Ramissan, who do we have on the line? We go to uh, Mrs. B. Mrs. B, hi. You're on with Mordechai and her of Nissa. For those listening, the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Mrs. B, you're on with Mordechai and her of Nissa. Hi. First of all, thank you very, very much for your informative program. I'm really enjoying it. You're Second welcome. of all, I just wanted to say that my son, in fact, our whole family went through a major trauma today. My son came home from Haida, ran up the stairs and fainted, um, got back up again and fainted again. Um, and then when I, he finally sat himself up, he wasn't talking. And we asked him many, many times, what's the matter? There was no sound. He was just making, mm, mm, mm. Um, he started crying that his chest hurts him. To cut a long story short, we called up Sola. Sola couldn't figure out what it was. And after three hours of trying to figure out what happened, my husband wrote on a paper something, and he said, I'm going to write on a paper, and you tell me if that's what happened. And my husband wrote to him, you were on the road going back home, and he nodded his head. And a goy did you something, and he burst out crying. So we took him into the car, and we drove him. I've just come back from hospital now. Um, he, we drove him around, and he pointed us there, and he started showing us that somebody had assaulted him quite badly on his chest and on his face. Wow. But he still wasn't talking. Um, we called Chamim and all that. In the hospital, he started talking, and he started telling us this horrific story of a man that was holding gloves, and he had a little minivan with his door open, and they were trying to pull him into the car. We haven't seen CCTVs at the moment, but that's what he's saying. Um, and he was fighting with him, and they really punched him up on his chest and on his face. Baruch Hashem, he's talking perfectly. But that was after four and a half hours of not talking. He was like mumbling, but nobody could understand the words. My question is, okay, obviously he's not going to say the tomorrow tomorrow police are coming for more investigations. Do I start him straight away therapy, or do I wait for him to settle? And then as a therapist, what would you recommend I do at this stage? I would recommend you go right away to the therapist that works with trauma because we could help just put this at ease. I mean, let's understand something. What trauma means is an experience happened. We'll talk about him, and then we'll talk about you, the parents, in a moment. Okay. Uh, but let's just go to him. What trauma, let's clarify, people, life, kids, we all go through trauma. Some are 
some are very serious, some the brain can balance itself. The danger about trauma is that if we can't settle it, we start developing beliefs along those lines. It means, Nebuch, he might feel that he's never safe in the streets anymore. So if we don't work that. on it, creating, this doesn't happen often, create a safety in his mind, even if something happens to you once, it won't happen again, with Fidar HaTev on their safety, then he can be able to go back on the street. But if, he, if we don't share that, we don't heal that, let's say he creates that belief, and maybe he'll go on the street, but he'll only go with someone with him. Or so you don't, let's say, notice that he's afraid because he's going, but now he's going around if he might see someone that's, let's say, six foot tall, or if he might see someone of looking different or looking like the person, of, or the person that did it, now he might always be afraid. What the trauma therapy does is we help process that things happen sometimes. And we try to sort of explain to him, just like that, sometimes people have car accidents and people have certain things that happen to them. We can process it and we can move on and feel safe to go in the car. It makes sense for him to be afraid for a couple of days and even weeks. But what therapy does is it helps that as the brain feels safer, like a couple of days go by, look, you see kids are still going out alone. Look, you see that you went out and it's okay. Look, you see your brothers and sisters went out and it's okay. The shamans are involved, they're more aware. And we could even now start using in a lot of the therapy methods the other way. Do you see how safe you are that even though you went through that experience but Hashem watched you? Because maybe by the game they're not that lucky. So do you see that maybe it was certain a couple but Hashem loves you and protects you and that's how safe you are. So in therapy we can help change those whatever thoughts, whatever fears he has. We first have to know what they are. We don't assume what they are. We need to ask him. And after that happens, then we're able to, so again, once we see what is happening and once we're able to have his mind be at ease, we can even start building up the positive out of that. So I would right. definitely recommend that, let's say, he speak to, you speak to a therapist that has experience with trauma. And just yeah. to tell you that I don't know where you are if there's, let's say, a trauma therapist available. It's a frumid, but you can go with your son and even go to someone that is, not, not from and be in the room during the session, for example, but trauma is trauma, so it's a skills-based knowledge. You want someone that's culturally sensitive, but that can help tremendous. Okay, no, I'm, I live in London, so there is, a, um, I'm, I'm sure for that. I just wanted to know, does it have to first sink in or then straight away? Can I also ask at the same time, what is it that he couldn't talk for so, so many hours? Is that from that's the show? That's age-appropriate. That's normal. That is normal. It means under extreme shock, we can't talk. I'll just show with you a great muscle that someone once told me, and it stayed in my mind. It's a great muscle that I use a lot. That is, sometimes a kid is lost in, the, in a mall, and they're crying for their mother, and they really can't cry. They're stuck there. Also, the parents are looking for them. Also, they find the kid, and they hug the kid. And then the kid bursts out screaming and crying and lets it all out. And in theoretical, on a theory, it should be the other way around. While they are on alone, they should be crying and screaming. And the minute they get to the parents, they're safe. They should feel comfortable. And the answer is that the brain works when we're under shock. When we're afraid, we freeze. As our mind gets back to itself, as our mind starts feeling the safety, now we can release the emotions. 
and just to not change topics, but just to give an idea, when sometimes, because we discuss a lot in that book, when someone has the diagnosis of borderline personality disorder, just to understand they act their worst in front of loved ones because they feel safe, and they're really begging for help. They're not acting that way because they hate the people. They're acting that way because that's where they feel the most safe and looking for love. But let's take it now back to your son. It's normal under trauma to be stuck, to be quiet. And it's healthy that he gets to express it. And it's great that you took him out and you already exposed him to the street and so where it isn't to have him talk about it because it helps the brain process. And it's important for you to let him talk. What were you afraid of? And Mommy and Tati are here with you. What were you afraid of? And we know Hashem is watching and Hashem watched you. And even if that, like, but you want him expressing what bothered him. Now, here comes the one next part, and that is to you, the parents. Even before we send him for trauma, let's say for trauma therapy, I would recommend that you speak to someone. Because okay. you need to be safe and secure. You went through the shock as well. And that's called secondary trauma. Therapists, a tremendous amount of us suffer from this. And after a while, that's where we get burnt out. That's where we sometimes get mean. That's where we start getting not trusting is when we work with people and sometimes they come up with so many big emotions and we're afraid. And we need to be the solid, confident, secure one. Like imagine how a fellow member gets to a scene and someone isn't feeling well, someone's having a heart attack, and the people are nervous around that fellow. Oh, man, I'm so afraid as well. No, that's not what happens. The Hatzalah members need to be clear, calm, confident. They got a domination be matzliach, but it's not, not, but they got to have that inner strength to lead. That's where you, the parents, need to have it. It makes sense for you to be afraid. It makes sense for you to be angry. It makes sense for you to worry about your other children. It makes sense for you to worry about this child. All that makes sense. But if you can process that, you can have the place for fear, the place for worry, but you could also tune into, again, that place of security, the place of love that you have within yourself, and this will help your children process that. So it's very hard if we're afraid to tell our children you have every right, you know, be safe when we're nervous. And I just want you to realize one more thing because it's very late to your time. Sleep is very important. I know, as you said, the police are going to be coming in the morning, and it's late now. But I would recommend if there's any way you can get some sleep. Like, just get a couple of hours sleep helps the brain process. And you don't have to worry about starting the therapy tomorrow. Like, like let's not create now bigger pressure on tomorrow. You want to find out who's good. You want to process. But it's not like tomorrow, three days later. No, no, no. Therapy is Baruch Hashem workable. And if you have a good, skilled therapist, you can, you can take care of it. You should be aware that it's an important to get and to find out. But not to chas shalom, um, you know, think that it's the end of the world if we don't have that done. But it's extremely important for the parents. Think of yourself like a solemn member for you to be strong, for you to be a leader. It was more traumatizing to hear him fumble over words, and yet nothing came out. That was the... Yeah, for you. So I just want you to, maybe that will help you a little, but again, for example, I would be recommending, not for you, but in general, let's say the EMDR type therapy with a certain image, certain part, and just process that and just see right. it and realize that this is normal. Just for you to get an understanding, there's a, there's a diagnosis called selective mute, where a child can be in certain situations and they're not able to speak from fright. Yeah. This is normal. And the minute they feel safe or when, or when they start feeling safer, they start talking more. 
So understand that Baruch Hashem, you've created a kid with such healthiness that something so traumatic happened, they don't know how to respond. And the brain froze. That's a healthy response. Freezing is a healthy response. Fainting is a healthy response. It means the brain works. Unfortunately, when, when there are lots of studies going on with the children in the ghettos, let's even say in the United States, for example, where, there are, where there's a lot of violence in, in those areas, those people don't react when someone punches them or hits them. In fact, they're even, pow- even proud. Look how strong I am. You could beat me. I could get stabbed. I could have stitches. Nothing bothers me. That's not a sign of health. That's a sign of weakness. That's a sign that they're being raised in trauma. So recognize you're raising a wonderful family. You got your son to be able to open up to you, even if it took time. You're getting the police involved, which they're going to reassure your son. Look how safe. This is a country. We're here to protect you. The Sharma will reassure it. It's going to continue now re- you know, creating, reinforcing the safety. And it's important for you, to, you the parents, to remain that, to get that inner peace that your child can feel the inner peace. Not that Chas Hashem, you're going to be worried. Where are your children? Are they home late? Is everything okay? Not Chas to blame you, but there are stories where sometimes things would happen, and then parents were forever nervous, and they themselves didn't realize how they've now created a fear for sometimes generations to go. So they had a right, you have a right to be afraid. I'm validating your feeling. And right now it's the shock stage and the anger stage and the fear stage, and you're allowed to go through that. That's healthy. And as you give a couple of hours sleep, as you allow two, three days to go through, if you just go to the therapist and just process the emotions, and as a parent I was supposed to protect the kid, and I didn't protect them, maybe I should have done this. Just know these are the process, the normal process. How could you let him out that fear? This is normal process of trauma. Ravnissa, what do you want to say? Uh, I just, you know, we have so much phone calls right now, so just, I'm concentrating yeah. on the phone. But uh, the, you, you said everything. I think that uh, the parents has to be, you know, to take over from their shoulder also. Yeah. And continue, yeah. continue uh, this. I would say that giving also this gula of you know me, mini Michael, Mismoli, Gabriel, Milfanay, Uriel. This is, mm-hmm. give give the kid something that to rely about and above Shchinat Kel. This is give him all the time that repeat and repeat on this that he will feel that always around him as a guard. And this is giving yeah. a good uh, security. Yeah. yeah, and also to realize just to give a little shift to you. Realize the Rabbi Shalom protected you and protected your family, and you have major sure. chutzim. I, I know right I'm not, now I'm not even like, going how could this happen? Yeah. No, I'm saying I don't want to go down that road at least. You know, I'm like saying, Baruch Hashem, he's safe and he's sound and he's talking with you. I was just scared he's not going to be able to talk again. But Baruch Hashem, we're here and they've discharged us, although he's got some sweat, but otherwise he's fine. It was just more uh, this sure. question that I said that I got a clear answer that we should go to therapy and I should go myself. Yes, you can. And you, yes, be safe, be calm. But again, I need you to realize, and for everyone listening, therapy doesn't mean that you're going to now feel confident and everything is okay. There's a normal grieving process that the brain has to go through. There's a process when we go through a trauma. You're not supposed to listen to feel tomorrow. Yes, it's great. Everyone can go out. You're allowed to be weary. That's normal. Someone invests money, and it was Nebuch, it was robbed, even though they did everything right, but they lost the money. You're supposed to be weary, and the next investment, you're a little bit more weary. 
But you do it, you see it's okay, you do another investment, that's how you keep on growing. You're, it's normal and you're supposed to be concerned and worried for the next couple of days and weeks. But if it helps you process, the process could happen that after that time you'll feel safe again. Makes a lot of sense, okay. Yes, I, I just want to tell you, if so anyone much. tells you you shouldn't be feeling this and your feelings are going to be going across to your children, no, 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 there's normal, there's humans. We went through a process, you're going through it, allow the process to unfold, just as, the, just as we're clear now. Never sadness, the anger, all of that. But it's part of the process. Then there's that shiva. Then there's that shleishim. And then there's the yard site. You might be worried about this for a couple of weeks even, but you'll notice it's getting easier and easier. You'll notice you're forgetting it more and more, like you don't think about it. You're noticing you're, you're smiling and laughing again. But allow yourself to be afraid or concerned for the first couple of weeks or days. You see, the interesting part is I'm not so – I didn't have such a shock from the actual story. As much as I had the shock how he was just fainting in front of my eyes the whole time and then he was just fainting yes. and I, I didn't know what was going on. That was more yeah. my... By the way, I appreciate I what you're saying because I'd like everyone listening to hear what you just said. And that is a major secret that they teach us in therapy concept. That is, if someone comes in with a trauma, let's say, like you just said, someone just tried to kidnap your son today. And to you, the trauma, the greater trauma, not that Hashem that wasn't, but was seeing him faint right in front of you and then faint again, that is a greater trauma in therapy. That is a question that we ask. And many times I've been attacked for that when I tell the person, okay, so what's the worst part to you? And they go, what do you mean? Are you stupid? Of course that's the worst part. But you just gave the secret, and I need to ask, because sometimes what I consider what might be the greater trauma to me might be to someone else a different part, and then maybe this after we work on that greater trauma, will that secondary trauma, there can sometimes be four or five or sometimes more aspects to a trauma, and we got to start what's the trauma to the parent. So right. to you, you didn't know yet that he was going to, they, that someone tried to abduct him, someone tried to kidnap him. All you know was you see your kid running up, Hasson fainting, you're worried of a medical condition. Or those stuff, Hasson, what's happening? They're not being able to I talk. Thought he was having, I thought he was having a heart attack because he was showing on his chest that he's in pain on his chest and crying. Yes. A funny yes. cry. And then just not responding to anything. So it was like, That's what else is going on here? Exactly. Exactly. So trauma is based on how you see it. And we need to hear where you're from. So your, your trauma, or let's say your son might be afraid going in the street, just for an example, but you're being afraid of, let's say, his medical condition, not processing that you thought it was that, might hold you back from giving him that reassurance. Again, all within normal realm. Please allow yourself to feel, and again, I'm, I'm being very serious when I use these words, sleep. When we sleep, the brain heals itself. There's a special, that REM cycle between third and fourth levels of sleep that we go into, that it just helps the brain heal. The Hashem has an amazing system. Eat a little bit better, healthier tomorrow. Give yourself, take vitamins, build yourself up healthy. Exercise, if you could go to the gym. You're not, rather buy supper and go to the gym than make supper. Burn, let the body release the stress, the adrenaline. Oh, wow. Okay, we'll try that. 
Thank you You're very, welcome. very much. And, and, and we shouldn't hear for any call. bad things anymore. Amen. And all Kaisal should be helped. And Tichloshana Likolosel. This is how we should finish the year with this Kuala, with this type. And Tichloshana Berchosel. We should start Metzner the new year with all the brachas. We should be zeichet to have the Geula Shalema. We should all be safe. You know, sometimes we forget Amen. we're in a free country and we feel safe and we need to realize we are in Gullis. So I, I know, appreciate I the, the call. Amen. I yeah. said the same, that we're in Gullis. Thank you very much, Kalta. You're welcome. Thank you. Sure. Hatzlacha. Harav Nissen. Yeah, wow. Going. What is chutz to be able to have this program, just yes. to be able to do something like this? Great. Who's, the, who's next on the mm -hmm. line? Uh, Mrs. E. Mrs. E. You're on with Mordechai. And Harab Nissen on radio. I'm sorry, on J Radio. Hello? Yes, hello. You hear me? Yes, we do. Okay, so somehow it's like getting a little choppy. Uh, yes. First of all, good evening, and first and foremost, thank you so much for everything that you do. And it's a little overdue this, thanks. I want to thank you for bringing on Dr. Charlie Swinson. Yes. It was really very informative and very, I have no words. It, it, it was really, just really wonderful what you did. Thank you. Very, yes, you're very welcome. Um, there was one very interesting thing, like from what I got out from what he said, which I want to, like, you know, clarify with you. According to Go what ahead. he said, it sounds like, hello? Yes, yes. Oh, you hear me. I'm saying from what he said, I picked out, like, anger is always a secondary emotion. It's never an issue in and of itself. Well, let's recognize, what does anger mean? Anger means something didn't go the way I want, someone hurt me or I interpreted it a certain way, and now my response is anger. I mean, like, you know, like even when the Mrs. Father talk about cough, cough is always a secondary issue. Like, let's say somebody has an anger problem. Right, that's how the svarim, in fact, if you look at the Musr svarim, that's what they tell you how to work on it, identify everything comes from Hashem. Where, is, where are you okay. trying to control? What are you trying to do things? Let go. It's ultimately for the better. Uh -huh. That is the refuah. So, that is the refuah yeah. that the svarim actually say for kas. I hear. So how, I know you don't like how to question, but how could a parent help when they have a child that has a little bit of an anger issue, do I have to suspect that there is something deeper than just the anger? Well, notice he was talking about adults and talking about DBT and people that are over the age of 18, because that's usually when it's diagnosed, versus a kid that throws a fit when they don't want something. So you said a word child. Mm, I'm not talking about talk a kid. I'm sorry. I'm talking about a child, but we're talking about an adult child. Uh, explain to me. Give me an age to an adult child. An adult child could 16. be 16. An adult child could be 30. Between 16 and... Like, so between teenage. 16 and teenage. Teenage. Okay, so right. a teenager. teenager. So that's a part teenager. of our job, actually, to teach them. So at that age is where they have a lot of emotions. Things don't go their way. They start being a bit controllers. They start thinking, wow, if I study, I will get good marks. If I dress a certain way, my friends will like me. Uh, I will give someone something, and now they'll have to act back nice to me. They're going to take care of me. All these certain thoughts, when things don't go their way, they get angry. Or I don't want to study, and I still want to get good marks. And that's our chinuch step over there. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But no, but my question was, like, if you have a, uh, you know, like a teenager that seems to have an anger issue, let's say, more than the other children, 
you know. Again, it's so very general. It's I don't know more than issue? other children are. If you're concerned about an anger issue, then yes, you start discussing it with this kid. That's our job. Yeah, we see you getting angry. You're allowed to get frustrated. All the kids get frustrated. I get frustrated. But why are you yelling? Why are you shouting? Why do you slam doors? Let's teach you. Let's discuss now how you get angry. Yes, that is our job to do. Yes, yes, I understand. Of course it's our job. But my question was, do you have to dig a little deeper of like what's the underlying issue? If, according to what he said, it was just interesting to realize that anger is a secondary emotion. Yes, yes. So people get very angry. Very much, I'm angry, I'm angry. And the therapy that we do in DBT is what, it's an emotion. But we will learn how to calm yourself down. We will learn how to identify. We'll learn to identify um, triggers that cause the anger to grow or issues that if you don't deal with those triggers, or what they call a chain analysis, where we start following the chain to see how this behavior happens, then we can prevent these more extreme emotional outbursts. I would yeah. say the anger is the, the result. That's right. The result of, you know, frustration, you know, especially teenagers, hormone, and willing to be a participant in the, and rebel, rebel in this time, you know, so all together it creates kind of anger and especially uh, I would say that uh, a brilliant kids and kids with a lot of uh, free will as this uh, uh, emotion you know if we, the kids is a neighbor you know so it doesn't have this emotion but I would say the kids is a brilliant with creative brain and he feel himself like closed in the society he will take it out with anger And sometimes, you know, like let's say they get angry for a little stuff. Let's say somebody. Um, That's normal. Before, you know, That's a kid. Right. I, I understand, but my question is. I hope is, you still do that. <laughs> what? Get angry At least acknowledge I hope we I don't do that. Do that. I know I do. <laughs> Me too. No, but my question was like when they get angry at a little thing, is there really something bigger than that little thing? For you, it's a little thing. In the moment, for him or for her, it's a beginning. Uh -huh. yes. This is very important, though, that sometimes we, for us, it's look like it's nothing, it's gloom. But uh -huh. for the, their, their moment, in, the, in this moment, their feeling is and so sensitive that it's all the world again, you know. And they feel, uh -huh. especially teenagers, feel all the world against them. Uh -huh. Yes, I guess. Okay. And to them, this one thing could be the end of the world. Like, they need this suit, they need this clothing, they need this certain thing, and to you, big deal, so you won't have it. But to them, it's the end of the world, and that's, again, where it's our job to go ahead and to teach them. And a very important is privacy also on this issue. You know, sometimes people breaking, breaking the, the, the territory of, of a person and, you know, like, uh, Hashem, that's something I give them. I give them this space. Okay, no, no, just um, beautiful. Okay, beautiful. Right. She was, you, someone just sent us a message that they're in DBT therapy. Goes, my DBT therapist taught me to identify that most of my anger is pain that wasn't identified, and then it goes to anger. When I've mastered it, it was such a relief. So someone over here sharing that their that their anger was really pain. So whenever they're hurt, they get angry. Whenever someone hurts them, they get angry. And for them then to recognize that, wow, 
it's interesting because, like, let's say um, somebody took something before them and then they couldn't have, let's say, the best piece of whatever it was. And they're so angry. And then, like, when I have, like, this nice little discussion, big deal, so let's say he took before you. So I said, you know, did somebody do something to you in Yeshiva today or whatever it is? You know what I'm saying? No, 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 he took it away from me. And I realized that he can't be so angry for such a little thing. It must be that there's something more than that. But he won't That's admit right. it. No, he took it away before me. Well, hold on. Let's stop. The rule number one is you don't do it during they're angry. Alter, of course not. Right. Absolutely. It's the next it's a little day. Bit l- the next so the next day, day okay, you talk just... about it. The next uh, day. Not, do you remember not... yesterday you were upset? What was going on? Uh-huh. And like not even a few saying, hours later. Uh, I would even the say next the day. next day. Notice my words, the next day. Okay, that's a good, Okay. The next thing means they got a chance to sleep it over. It means there's space. And you go, you know, remember what happened yesterday? It happens sometimes. You could get angry. Tell me what happened. What happened? Why, why did it hurt so bad? Just like we had this lady that just that called with a huge trauma from England, assuming that it's from England. She had an accent, you know, the British accent, but that her son was almost kidnapped. They tried punching him and all that to get him into the van. But her trauma, so to me, that's the trauma. I'm a parent. That's the fear. But to her, at that time, when she saw the kids faint and not be able to talk, she wasn't aware yet of what happened. So her trauma was, Hashem, is he having a heart attack? So what we want when you speak to your son or your daughter, whoever is listening, working with their children, is don't assume to know. So go, you know you got angry at that time. What happened? Why did you get so angry? I noticed several times it happens, not always. In fact, that happens a few times where you get so angry. What's going on? Now, what if the kid answers, nothing's going on. He just took it away from me or he took it before me or whatever it was. So, again, that's where you're a therapist. So don't want to learning. There's, there's systems that therapists learn how to ask questions. There's a very, uh-huh. pr- there's, uh-huh. a, there's a process of training in therapeutic questioning. I hear. Okay. And that's you know, sometimes offer. So are you upset because this person thinks you're nothing? And you know they'll for sure say no. They'll go, no, but it's because of this. So there's, there's a lot that goes into. I can just give you the ideas about how to actually do a therapeutic session. Generally what we do is we have the therapist write on a paper divided into three columns. One, what the client said, what you said, and why it worked or why it didn't work. And then the, the supervisor, me, will have column number four where I write suggestions of what they can do. So it's actually training, and they get either videoed how they did the session, and you get part of the training that we do in supervision, the two years in college, is, is how to develop that therapeutic alliance, that connection, how to help the person see what might be going on without them feeling attacked. Well. Wow. Yeah, so I just want you to know it's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's that it can also be a skill that needs to be trained. Mm-hmm. So maybe I should like go for help to learn how to do these things. Yeah, you can always try that. You know, just speak. How do you do the therapeutic, the therapeutic questioning? And we call it active listening, which is there's a lot of Freudian stuff where you ask a question. So instead of saying, I see you're angry yesterday or what happened, it could be, wow, you know, you were so calm. And then something happened during that time. Do you want to tell me about it? And you let them go, sure, you know what happened was I'm picked on by that one. And, and part of the way they do is they just repeat the last couple of words, so you're always picked on, but you change the tone. So this one always picks on you? Yeah, or no, or just sometimes, or only when they're with that one. There's a way of re- repeating the person's last words with a different tone change 
that can insinuate many conversations by a tone. And that, that Freud does a lot of that psychoanalysis, does a tremendous amount of that. How to have an entire conversation without saying a word, just, you're just rephrasing their sentences. So you could sort of tell someone like, oh, so because that person yelled at you, that's why you're hurt? That sarcastic tone. Then it could be, oh, so because that person yelled at you, that's why you're hurt. Or that's, that's an understanding tone. Or you can just repeat it sort of, oh, because a person hurt you or told you something, that's why you're hurt? Now the question to another question, will, the person will clarify. There's an entire language based just on tone repeating their words, and that is a very powerful therapeutic skill to learn. I would say from my experience, the sarcastic doesn't work, it accelerates, basically. <laughs> it's basically accelerates the, the anger. Sarcasm, yeah. yes, definitely. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay. My You're mother, very welcome. Thank you for that. We'll go to Mr. E. Mr. Uh, no, Mr. R. Mr. R. Hi, you're on with Mordechai and Rav Nissen. How are you? Baruch Hashem. I, I just want to tell you that one of my jobs is um, I'm able to listen to audio while I do my work. And I used to listen to the news, and now I listen to you, and I find that you're outlined to be very calming and therapeutic by itself. Wow, Shkaya, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, um, I don't know how much time there is for a question. Is there a time? Are you, uh, or I, yeah, oh, yeah, we could. Our is always, so far, has always been willing to stay a little later. Yes. Okay, so uh, a little while back, I went to, uh, for a blood test, and I think it's called a phlebotomist who does the blood test. Am I correct? Yeah. The woman, yeah. Um, so she, she tells me, like, that she's like, so I was looking away because I, was, I hate getting a blood test. It's so hard for me to look at the blood. I don't deal well with the blood in the whole situation. So I was cringing, I'm looking away, and the, and the woman tells me, she's like, you should, you should really overcome your fears because, she's like, I, I overcame mine, you should overcome your fears. So I was thinking, like, in areas where, like, we could cope and, you know, like, let's say, for example, another area, like, we went to the, in the summer, we went to, uh, we went to amusement park, I took my kids, and I really wasn't in the mood of getting the thrill of, you know, of going on the roller coaster, so I, I you know, I capped out. Um, or let's say to call on you to your show where, like, you know, I'm a little nervous, but, you know, I push myself. And areas where, like, they're not essential, but why not? Is it important, like, is there any Indian or Alpitaya or Alpi uh, psychology to push yourself, let's say to force yourself to look at while what, what, what the lady does the, what, does the blood test? So I'll tell you, it's wonderful to work on everything in life, but part of what we do is we've got to prioritize. Right? Okay. So, you, so there's an issue, so you look away. Big deal. Not everything in life has to be worked on. Maybe for her, that this is her job, and she overcame that, so she shared with you an idea. An idea, but you can tell she's not a therapist. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, therapist would be, wow, I'm so proud of you. Even though you're afraid of it or even though you don't like it, you're still doing it. Good job. You don't have to look. How often do you go for blood tests? Once a year? Once every couple of years? Big deal. Right, Spend right, your right. Spend time. Keep on growing. I'm saying that's many times how therapists would look at it. I hear. Um, uh, just a quick, um, uh, uh, quick uh -huh. question. I was listening to number 48 and 49. 
on the hotline about the different personalities. Uh, she yeah. has a very interesting, I, and I was wondering, I actually shared it with my kids by the Shabbos table, um, the first two um, I was sharing, and um, I was wondering with my sixth-grade boy, as a teach sixth-grade boy, I was wondering, um, would it be appropriate for, for a sixth-grade boy's class to, you know, go through the different personalities so they could I'll hear the, you, their originally, I thought I would be discussing and sort of making the different personalities. So in the first book of Alive, we have it into 16 different personalities. And, or, and then I wrote even more to about 18 or 19. And then what I realized was, I wonder how I can make it much simpler. Because once we get to 18, 19, people are starting to get too detailed. Is it like this? Is it like that? And Baruch Hashem, I, I had the idea to, to divide those 16, or which I even had more like 19, 20, 21, and get it into four categories of the Eishmaim Ruach and Afar. And to that is what the book that came out a couple of months ago, it's Baruch Hashem thanking everyone for promoting it and that for book mentioning I just actually it. Bought, I, bought, I bought that book today, the second one That's I bought, right. but I didn't so take a look at it. it. That's right. Mastering Relationships is all those 16 or 8, those in the book, there's 16, but later on there's about 19 to 21 that I have over there. It's all put into those four levels, into those four categories of Eish, Mein, Ruach, and Afar. So sixth graders enjoy it and understanding it. I think it's a great idea for sixth grader to know that he has all four, she has all four natures in them, and that we can utilize them when we need to. Do you feel like sometimes they see like they'll see like, oh, I don't this I'm strong in, but this I'm weak in, and they'll use that, the weak part, the weakness as a cop out. They'll say, oh, like I'm weak in this, so why should I try even? Isn't don't all of us do that anyhow? It's just what now we understand. Now we no, we all justify our weaknesses. Oh, I'm not good at that. I'm not smart in this. Right. So right people here. sometimes anyhow say I can do it. The goal of this is to create the awareness that yes, I can. Right. Right. And to focus on the strengths of, of each. That's of right. The, the so strengths. how can you get right? So it makes sense where. You're, if you're wind to be grounded, it's hard to really balance yourself the whole time. Or if you're fire, it's hard to sort of like calm down, battle that energy, and like now let's like capsule slowly disperse that. Or if you're earth to be able to stop being creative, I know that it's hard, but of course you can do it. Now let's start thinking about yeah. And that has all 16 written in. Yeah, it goes through all 16. Oh, so yeah. That, and 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 the second book goes through the 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 wind and the fire and those four. Basically, That's right, but I, I want to tell you, but the, yeah, the first one as a 16 natures isn't as comprehensive. It means the four elements are an entire book. In the first book of Alive has 16 natures, but it's one chapter. And it's, right. it's three quarters of one chapter, but there's 10 other chapters plus the three introductory chapters. So I just want you to realize, like, the first book is not based primarily based on natures. The first book is... Ten most important sessions that I work with almost every single person that I figured let's turn each of those sessions that I do into another chapter. So it's about how do you build your confidence. It's about how do you start new beginnings. It's about when you start having those fears or when you make a mistake, how do you keep on going. It's about understanding yourself. Sometimes we can have conflicted emotions. That's why we discussed the 16 natures. It's about the penny double theory, about learn to do steps one step at a time with the mind. In the long run, you'll get there. Just focus. Don't get caught up into the whirlwind. How to be a leader. The difference, another chapter, the difference between, a, let's say, a king and a dictator. How you can be a leader that people should want to follow when you'll still be assertive.
these are just some of the chapters that are in the first book of life. So, so what, what would you recommend to the sixth graders? Should I focus four or should I mention all 16? I think I'm four. Not I like simple. That's, that's why I changed my entire mahaloch, because I believe that four is probably better than 16. Okay, fine. Okay, great. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Really Thank you for getting the book. I appreciate it. And I'll be curious to hear your feedback, how you find it. Okay, yeah, I'll try to figure out what personality type I am. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, it's pretty clear, by the way. I'll tell you what. Call up Mertzstrom next week, and I look forward to, uh, oh, next week, yeah, next week we'll still be have the program, Mertzstrom. So call up next week, and we'll see if you can read the whole book, and it'll be, it'll be a pleasure to tell you. It's pretty simple. I, I guess I'll just show you this. Recognize that you asked. Your question didn't start with a statement, oh, this doesn't work or that does work. It was in a question form, which already knocks out Earth. The way you said the positive was a very balanced way. It wasn't that fire. I've never read an entire book like this in my entire life, and my whole entire life has changed. It's very much like I appreciate you're very clear, you're very articulate, but it's not that fiery level. So you could almost take that out. You're very grounded that you already bought the book. You know how to. You're in a job where you can listen, so you budget your time, what to listen to. It's not just a flight of ideas of listening to things and dreaming about what will happen. So it really leaves that a primarily nature is water. Is which one? Water. 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 I hear. But as okay. you read it, you'll see that. Now, just to be aware, as I tell everyone, every one of us has all four. We... We use a dominant one or two, and then the other two is what we need to work on. Uh, yeah, I actually gave my wife the book to read first, so I'm going to see if she can show my having to you. I <laughs> hope so. And your wife is usually right, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Thank you so much. Sure. My pleasure. Hatzlacha. Thank you for that call. And thank you for listening. Arav Nissen, what... Yeah, what would you say? Mrs. F. Yes, Mrs. F, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello? Yes. Hello? Hi. First of all, I want to thank you for the line and also for the book. Um, I want to mention that what really struck me from the book was Yes, and we're talking about the book Mastering Relationships, correct? The newest book. That's right, the new book. Yes. Uh Um, so positive. It's just so positive. Instead of bringing out, um, you know, the unhealthy part of each nature and um, how things don't work with that nature, you just bring out how the beauty of each nature and also how to work around it, how to make it work. I really appreciate that part. Thank you. I, I, I want you to know that you have a very good sense of smell. That was a large focus on the book because we could have taken it different ways. And when there are different stories, I could have sort of attacked certain natures, like fire energy. Don't you realize that you're heat, you're burning people? Like even when we did bring out the downside, it's how it can look, but how they can balance it and how they can be strong within it. It's not brought out how bad or earth. Don't you realize you don't feel things and know your view is not the only view out there in the entire world? And we didn't do it that way. We wrote it as a positive. You're confident. You're solid. You're consistent. Yes, those with emotions might have a little harder or being creative. You'll find it difficult not understand it, but we didn't attack them. It wasn't like you're a fool. 
and you're not even realizing it. So thank you. That was a, a large that part of effort, rewriting the chapters. If I felt it was a little too negative or a little too flighty and it wasn't balanced enough, yes, positivity is a main focus of, of the theme that was there, and I'm glad you picked that up. Thank you. Yes, and also about seeing the beauty of other natures, and also it just helped me accept myself, which was very nice. So thank you. Thank okay, you. So I thank have, you. I have a comment about um, a caller from last week. Go ahead. Um, someone asked about a coworker who yeah. is Earth nature, and he can't. He tries to connect with him, but he has a hard time. Yeah. So I just want to give him a few tips because I know someone who's like that. So. Mm -hmm. And can I do it? Okay. So, Go right um, ahead. First of all, he shouldn't give up. He should try and try. Because I feel like Earth can be um, kind of, as, as you write in the book, they can be from the regulars who just come in every day at the same time, go out at the same time. And, they, and he might not feel appreciated for years and feel like he's not an interesting person. So it might take time for that person to start to feel that he is interested in, you know, in that person's eyes. So, yes. Um, okay. Um, and also I feel like the more he would try to talk, that other person might also learn the trade. You know, he might learn how to communicate better. Um, also, okay, and I want to give him um, an idea about what to talk. Um, yes. I, I think that uh, for Earth it might interest money because that's a, a thing that's always shyer. Um, like you can ask him, talk about how to be sufficient with money, how to budget. Earth can be really good in that. Um, also, um, you can ask him about the business, how to make better the business, you know, how to build it up, because Earth can have really clear-cut ideas. Yes. Okay. And Very then great. Just, so what you're doing, it's a strength space. So you're helping bring in the earth into your world, which when they feel they're productive and they feel that they're accomplishing, they'll feel more powerful, they'll be more interested, you're engaging. Right. And I also want to mention that, as you mentioned in the book, that um, when they are very satisfied, you know, they're satisfied with little. So um, I think that for them, um, a three-minute conversation can make him feel the same way, like for a different person, might make feel a half-hour conversation. Like he can yeah. feel more alive, more connected, more loved from just a three-minute conversation. And if that coworker can do a 10-minute conversation, that, that's a real wow. Like he, he should do wow. it in a way of, um, yeah. Like Beautiful. It be the, the same thing as a two-hour conversation, yeah. So just that. Very, very, that. very yeah. powerful. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Brilliant. Harav Nissen, thank you for your time. Thank and you. thank you for staying later when there is a simcha to go to. Thank you. As I would say, Mazal Tov to Shalem family. And yes. uh, the Sru family. I went the way to yes. the wedding over there. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Mazal Tov of Simchas Weiter to you. To us, to all of Yisrael, and may we have a Ksiva V'chasima Taiva, Gitke Ben Shtior. Okay, we'll, we'll see Be'ezad Hashem next week. Yes, we Be'ezad Hashem, we're on next week, definitely. Thank you, Ramadachai, and all the best. Good night. Thank you.